This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right, Al. Baseball season is over. Last night you had some hockey. I know you didn't watch any of that. And the basketball of the Knicks and Nets were you, off. So you it was don't a know quiet that. night. You don't know that, Jerry. No, I could I, have been locked in on hockey. Who'd the Rangers play last I, night? I'm not sure. I, right. I, I was not, but I <laughs> you could was have been, of you. But you were Well, and it was right. I saw this yesterday. Saw the parade will be in Chicago today. Very cool. I'm sure there'll be millions of people. That'll be great. How about Ben Zobrist? People found out where he lives. And remember they had the story where he was riding the bike from the, um, what was that movie, uh, The Sandlot? Yes. So he rode, he rode his bike to uh, work that one day to the Oh, ballpark. he was the guy who lives near yeah, the stadium. Yeah, Ben Zobrist. He put his Cubs uniform on and he rode the bike and everything. So apparently a lot of fans know where he lives. He, according to one story I read, he stood outside his house yesterday for three hours signing autographs. <laughs> Just mean, on his cool front porch. That? Yeah, basically. And they had a picture of his house. Nice house. You know, nothing crazy. Right in the middle of a neighborhood. And the line was like down the block. And he had a huge smile on his face. Just signing one thing after the other. I thought that was very cool. That is nice. And a lot of people kept asking about uh, Steve Bartman. Yeah. Especially since the Cubs won. There was, you got to send Bartman to the parade. Well, he, he has had a spokesperson for ever since his incident all those years ago. I want to ask you about that in a second. Yes, yeah, he has a family spokesperson right. uh, who has been doing interviews throughout this whole the Cubs run in the playoffs and through the World Series. And he said that uh, while Bartman is overjoyed, he will not be showing up at the uh, big parade today. So Bartman so has still not, out. Done not any, a, he's not done any interviews. Not a single interview. He has not written a book. He has not written a book. He's not agreed to do a movie. No. So how does he pay a spokesperson? What For what? It appears to be a longtime family friend who I think just does it. And they uh, call him the spokesperson. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know that Bartman's scratching him a check to well, do it. Well, you see that and you read that and you think he's on his payroll. Right. But the guy's probably just getting publicity from it. And really, after the first incident when it actually happened, he probably hasn't needed to... Uh, come out and speak until the thirty for thirty documentary, and now this run to the World Series. Have and you ever victory? Have you? And I know you watched the thirty for thirty, yes. right? Have you ever actually sat back and thought, like this was just a normal guy who, oh, I don't know, just tried to catch a foul ball that was hit right to him, yes, and his life has been turned upside down. Yeah, but he still is a fascinating character now because no he disappeared. I agree. Yet his name will go down in infamy. In the history of baseball, you've got Ruth, you've got DiMaggio, you've got Banks, and you've got Bartman. Right. It makes it, Frank Isola put out a great tweet yesterday. It was something along the lines of, uh, the Cub fans have been awesome, they're sweet, they're nice, they've been lovable losers. 
and yet they ruin a man's life. <laughs> right. Well, yes, a terrific organization, <laughs> right. but the fans hate one man in particular. Exactly, for you know catching a ball that was hit to him. Right. So, and uh, Craig play. Sager, Jerry. I is, saw this. Uh, I don't know the story. I saw you put it on the show sheet. Oh, it's on the big show sheet, yeah. so you know it's quality. Uh, he's a longtime Cubs fan, and he's been betting on the Cubs to win the World Series every year. He puts an official bet in hmm. uh, since 1981, so 35 years and this year he put a $1,000 bet on the Cubs to win. Now, I'm Couldn't thinking... more than 12 to 1, though. Right, exactly. They were, were expected to do well. Yeah, they were. And I just wonder, like, the lottery winners, you know, when, you know, grandmothers, uh, they scratch off, do the scratch-offs, and they yeah. buy, like, $100 worth mm-hmm. every week. You used to work in a liquor store, Jerry, I, and people yes. used to come in and spend all their money on scratch-offs. Yep. When, it finally, when they finally win and they feel some redemption... They're really probably still on the losing end of the amount of money they bet. Well, I can tell you this. We had in Jersey, and I guess they still do, the pick six was a big deal, and they had the take five, I think, was another one. And we had a diner owner, really nice guy. He would come in. He would play the pick three, the pick four, the take five, and the pick six every day. And the the pick six, I think, was Tuesdays. It wasn't every day, but that was the big one at the time. And I'm going back to the, I guess it was the early 90s at this point. And one day he won, I want to say $8,000, and he came in, yeah, I made $8,000. I finally got one. I'm like, oh, good for you. He goes, yeah, I only need to make about another 30000 to break even. Right. So, yeah, and, and I mean he would spend a couple hundred bucks a day on lottery tickets. He loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. But, you know, we, I don't think he was ever really ahead unless he made the $2 million or something one time. Yeah, so if Craig Sager bet $1,000, although he probably didn't bet the $1,000 every year, he probably bet the 1000 on the Cubs this year sure. since they, they were a favorite. Yeah. In his previous years, he was probably like, I'll do $10 on the Cubs. Right. Like if the Cubs were 100 to 1 and you put $50 down, big return if something actually happens. This year, I can't imagine the the odds were any better than 10 or 12 to 1. They couldn't have been. Yeah, it was like the the last year when the Mets made it to the World Series and I had been in Vegas for the Mayweather fight. And I I put a bet on the Mets to be in the World Series. They were not great odds. It was like 11 to 1. Right. Not the Mets terrible, had, but not, not terrible, but, but not great. It's it wasn't not great. fifty to one where you're making a fortune on your money. Exactly. It's not, I'm trying to think who it was. I think Phil Mickelson bet the Baltimore Ravens to win the Super Bowl back in two thousand one. I think it was when they right when they beat the Giants. Yes. I think he had that bet, and the Ravens to begin the season were something like twenty five to one. I think I might have the story slightly off, but he won a lot of money on one of those Super Bowls. So there you have it. Hmm. Speaking of football, mm-hmm. did you see uh, what happened with Richard Sherman yesterday? I just want to play a couple of clips because, and I'm not saying he gets away with stuff, but he speaks his mind. I, If you're a media member, you want characters, right? When you go watch Richard Sherman speak, you have no idea what you're going to get. I'll play just two, and I've got like 25 of them throughout the morning. 25 cuts. Yes, because he's fascinating to listen to. He talked about everything from the ratings, from the hypocrisy of the NFL, to the rules being horrendous. And he detail. it's not like he just says something and throws it out there. He says something and then he backs it up and gives you examples. He was asked why the ratings are down. I'd love to hear your take on this. Um, because the, the league isn't fun anymore. You know, every other league, you know, you see the players have a good time. You know, play, it's, a, it's a game. You know, this isn't, this isn't politics. This isn't justice. This is entertainment. Now, he went on to say they don't let us be individuals and the the line in the sand should be, if you're doing something that's going to embarrass your mom, that shouldn't be allowed. Well, 
I mean, can't you say that some of these things might embarrass you? The NFL <laughs> still has more celebrations than the other sports. They do. For I agree. little things. Yes, I agree. One of the guys that locally that annoys me is uh, Anunua. Yeah, Quincy Anunua. Yeah. They'll be down, like when they were down 21 points or whatever it was to the Cleveland Browns, and right. he'll get a first down, and he does a big dance with the drop in the ball and pointing yeah. to Like, look at the scoreboard. You're getting killed. Right, but it's all about me. Right. So in a lot of cases there, and then I'll give you one more, and then we'll move on from this, just because I find it fascinating, his answer. He basically was asked if uh, the rules are for player safety, and, I mean, he... <laughs> I don't buy it. That's, that's for public perception, you know, of them trying. They don't care about player safety. I've said this several times. But they do care about paying the quarterback $20 million and him missing a season. Uh, this is one of your biggest personalities in the NFL, and he took the league to task on almost everything yesterday. And like I said, when we get to the show, I've got a lot of clips here to play. Um, He goes after the quarterbacks. He wants the game like the 1970s. We should be able to bash the quarterbacks. There shouldn't be personal fouls on sacks. It was really very interesting. So we'll do more of that uh, coming up with Boomer and Carton. And then he also did a a column for the Players' Tribune where he was talking about the toughest wide receivers he's gone against. Okay. And two of them play here in New York, Jerry. Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall. And and, and Odell Beckham. Cruiser Beckham. Okay. How about that? We got two of the toughest wide receivers in the NFL. Yes. Pretty impressive. And as I was talking to Craig earlier, uh, show prepping, we still have two teams in New York that can't really score touchdowns. (laughs) Well. With two of the best wide receivers, according to your friend Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. uh, Your friend, not mine. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, something from Eli Apple, and maybe we'll look ahead to week nine in the NFL, too, and then Boomer and Carton on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's like a podcast on the radio, sort of. All right, Boomer and Carton coming up in three and a half minutes. The Thursday night game last night, no contest. The Falcons just ran over the Bucks after Tampa scored the first touchdown. I think they outscored them 40-7 to seven over the next couple of quarters. So, uh, week nine underway. No con- uh, no contest and no buzz, Jerry. I didn't Not even realize. Game. I forgot there was even a game. The Falcons, I kind of feel like, are treated like the Bengals. Yeah, well, that, there's a they, reason for that. Right. They're... They dominate during the regular season, but people don't take them seriously because they get bounced in the playoffs. Correct. Not a a lot of people will say they're not a tough team. Yeah, like Matt Ryan threw for uh, four touchdowns. Yeah, three fifty. Three fifty. Pretty good. But you're right. People do think that. Uh, remember, we talked about Eli Apple uh, and his mom yesterday because yes. of the comments she had, and we said it could be a distraction. Here was Apple yesterday admitting that, yeah, that's exactly the case. Yeah, it's definitely a weird position. Of course, you want to just focus on football and. Have football be your main focus. And by the way, he said there was no truth to the fact that the Giants were leaning on him to shut her up. He said he plans to chat with her. Talk to her a little bit and just try to speak your mind a little bit and move forward. But how about the fact they're getting ready for the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is what he's got to end. These are the questions he's got to deal with. And I guess she didn't go to his game in London because she was boycotting it. Who cares? Right, exactly. First of all, no one would even she know who... She have a passport. No one would even know who she was if he wasn't playing for the Giants. Uh, probably so, yes. Because if he was in a smaller town... Like, how does that happen? Like, how does someone like her get that because job Because everyone so thought it was... She was hilarious on Twitter for about a day, and everyone thought, oh, she's going to be hilarious. So she got that job based Two on jobs. Twitter postings? SI.com and ESPN. Uh, good for her, I guess. And then here we said they're playing uh, the Eagles. Remember when Josh Huff said this when he was asked why did he have a gun in the car this week? I mean, I'm a professional athlete. I mean, what professional athlete don't have a gun? Well, that was uh, not a smart comment. He was cut yesterday. Oh, so he's not a professional athlete now. Uh, well, he's got to turn moment, that gun I mean, in. Technically, he's a professional athlete. He's just an unemployed professional oh, athlete. I see. And this is a guy who said yesterday, or actually the day before, 
Um, I will take whatever punishment is given to me. So if I get suspended, I understand. I put myself in this position. He actually said all the right things after he said some of the stupid things, and the decision was goodbye. Hmm. And was he any it. good, Jerry? He had a couple of kick or punt returns for touchdowns, so he kind of made a name for himself earlier in the season. Uh, is he Randy Moss? No. I mean, uh, not yet. I don't think so. But Their problems in Philadelphia have been their wide receivers. They're, I think, third in the league in terms of drop passes, and they're playing with a rookie quarterback, and they're not helping them out much. All right, Boomer and Carton next on a fan. 